All right, Mike, Ben, Kevin O'Connell, the Minnesota Vikings have a new head coach will be announced after the Super Bowl, barring a Josh McDaniels situation. But I don't want to invoke that evil upon us because we need to talk about the 36-year-old head coach and Rams offensive coordinator who is going to take over for Mike Zimmer uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. And we'll get to see him uh, on the Super Bowl on February 13th against the Bengals. So, guys, we need to talk about how we got here. There is a lot to talk about. Because if you had just not been on the internet since or read anything since Tuesday, you might think, boy, the Vikings are going to move on with that Big Ten champion coach, Jim Harbaugh, and really try to bring a Super Bowl back to Minnesota. And as soon as Jim Harbaugh left that building, Ben, you were reporting that Kevin O'Connell is actually the choice. So what happened? Well, um, a lot. (laughs) 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 They, I mean... If you had said a week ago today that Kevin O'Connell was going to be the next head coach of the Vikings, I would have said, yeah, it, it seems like it's looking that way. They were, they were very high on him. They, he has a relationship with Quasi Adolfo Mensa. They'd worked together in the past. It sounds like their second interview in person on Monday in LA went very, very well. They were very impressed with his approach to the job. And he really connected with Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the new GM. So if you would have said last week that he's going to be the guy, it would have made perfect sense. And then this Jim Harbaugh thing gets inserted into the process on Saturday, and then Harbaugh comes in for the interview yesterday. Well, Adolfo Mensa and Harbaugh had worked together in San Francisco. Adolfo Mensa liked him enough to say, hey, let's at least go down this road and kick the tires. At some point, and I, I admit that, just looking at Harbaugh's stature and the fact that he's coming in to do an interview on national signing day was a fairly strong statement, but apparently the Vikings have looked at it as well. We're going to go through an interview here. We're going to have him do the same thing that we've done with everybody else. We're going to take a look at it, but we are not promising anything to anybody. And it certainly seemed like Harbaugh's camp was trying to get it out there, at least get the narrative out there that this thing was almost signed, sealed and delivered for Harbaugh. Sounds like Harbaugh came in. I, I don't think the interview went terribly well. It seemed like it sort of took a turn and, and people were kind of like, well, I'm not entirely sure what to make of, of some of the, the answers or some of the approaches he'd take to the job to the point where they said, mm, this isn't, this isn't going to be the fit. This isn't going to be where we want to go. It sounds like ownership was, was enamored with the idea. And I think that's, probably kind of what we expected. It was a big name. It was somebody who's had success. It's less of a risk in that sense. But if you felt like he's not going to fit with your first time GM, who is 18 years, his junior, um, I don't know that it was the worst decision in the world to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to not do this. So um, sounds like it kind of went off the rails late yesterday afternoon. And then Kevin O'Connell kind of becomes plan a, once again, after they sort of go through the Harbaugh thing and, and they say, let's move forward with him. And, and um, certainly sounds like the day after the Super Bowl, he will be made the 10th head coach in Vikings history officially. And obviously, Quasey had worked with Jim Harbaugh. And, and it's no coincidence that Quasey, Patrick Graham, the Giants defensive coordinator, also interviewed yep. on Saturday. Those were the only two guys that jumped into the mix after Quasey was hired. So those were clearly two candidates that Quasey wanted. Kevin O'Connell, yes. the guy they hire another guy that Quasey had worked with and clearly wanted. So they do find that alignment and that kind of, you know, cohesion that they were looking for. 
Harbaugh would have been, I think, Ben, I thought the story would have wrote itself, Mike, that, that it would have been that kind of high risk, high reward Wall Street kind of gamble that like, boy, you better hope he can recapture that magic. Because um, Mike, I think what got people excited was when you looked at this guy's resume, you saw the win loss record, you thought, boy, the ceiling is pretty high for him. Yeah, exactly. You look at it, he was what, 44, 19 and one in the regular season, those four years with San Francisco, but three NFC title games, five total playoff wins, one Super Bowl appearance. Like his resume in those four years is about as impressive as the Vikings in the last two decades. Like they, that's, about, that's about as much as he accomplished in those four years. So you looked at it and said, yeah, here's a guy who can bring instant credibility to this job potentially it's you know the franchise that you know folks might be aware has never won a super bowl has not even been to the super bowl in about 45 years so it's been Jimmy carter are, was the president elect yes i was two months old the last time they were in the super bowl so there you go it's been a long time so people looked at it and said yeah uh this guy doesn't necessarily fit what they're saying they want but in terms of proven track record this is a guy who's, you know, head and shoulders above everybody else. So it's, I guess the part of it that was just strange to me, and it sounds like it, if the interview didn't go well, that's one thing. If, if you're going to get down that road with Jim Harbaugh, I feel like you got to know pretty well that, you know, if you're bringing him in, that that's going to be your guy. So I, I imagine there was some disconnect in whatever was, was happening Wednesday. And ultimately for me, like Ben said, like you go back a week ago, looks like O'Connell's going to be the guy. If you don't introduce Harbaugh at all to any of this, I think people are framing this hire a little bit differently. I I guess my question, and I think it's it's a fairly important one in this process, is to what end does Harbaugh's resume require you to defer to him? In other words, if you are looking at what he's accomplished both in the NFL and at Michigan, um, at least certainly this year at Michigan, to what end does that buy him deference and a guarantee of sorts that he's going to be the guy? I mean, do, do you look at that and say, nobody else can compete with this, therefore we need to make him the hire? Or do you say, let's weigh this with everything else? I, I think it's it's one of those questions that, it's unorthodox. I think if you're going to have a guy like this that gets in the mix, I think a lot of teams would say, oh, wow, Jim Harbaugh, he's had he's had this success and he's done this in college and he was an NFL player for 15 years. I mean, there's a lot on the resume to say, well, of course, that's going to be the guy. But for the Vikings to say we're not going to do it, I think in some ways is is a bit out of the box from how you treat a lot of the former head coaches, comparing them to these first time coordinators. And I think the question becomes, does the fact that he had success eight, nine, 10 years ago, make it automatic that he should be your guy? Does it make it automatic that he's going to do it again? The Vikings ultimately decided it's not worth banking on that. And the question is going to be, was that the right decision? Yeah. And I, I, there's two things I wanted to, to branch off that is like one where the Vikings are coming from, from, from Mike Zimmer, from the culture thing, from players not necessarily wanting the disciplinarian. And look, you don't need your players to pick your coach. They're professionals. Oh. They're paid. It's whomever you hire, they're going to have to play for. But you would like them to at least be on the same page and have some air of excitement um, and some positive energy that, that the players haven't had for some time or really anybody in that building for some time. And so I think Harbaugh, you rightfully have a lot of questions. And the reporting coming from Harbaugh's side of things seemingly out of Michigan 
uh, through some outlets out there would seem to indicate that he knew that, that he knew he had to answer for some of these things going yeah. into it. And so either he just really had a twisted perception of how this was going to go and it just bombed it the way that you're talking about, Ben, or Quasi didn't interpret this the way that it really was, which is we're going to bring you through this nine, 10 hour process that we've done with every candidate so far and walk you through all the rig and roll that we do with a, a guy who's a 36 year old, like Kevin O'Connell who's never been a head coach. We're going to do the same thing with you. And in one context I wanted to add to this is that when I reported brought this on, up in your story, I was just going to say that. Yeah. When I brought this up or uh, when I was, when I was writing the profile on Quasi, I talked to a 49ers executive who had mentioned that he was involved in the 2017 search that ended up landing John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan uh, for San Francisco. And um, he had mentioned, I'm pulling up the quote right now, but he had mentioned verbatim. He had said, Quasi was actually critical in setting up our process, our plan of attack, uh, our questions, what steps we'd make sure we go through, make sure we're methodical and asking the same things of everybody, every candidate, so you can compare them on equal footing and knowing what they'll be asked ahead of time going into it. It's a very, <laughs> he's obviously got these things very organized and very set up, and it's going to be the same for everybody. So he can compare them in this kind of analytical way that he does everything else, it would seem. So I think maybe Harbaugh didn't understand that going into it, seemingly. Otherwise, maybe it wouldn't have gone so poorly. Yeah, and I, I think it, it makes you wonder a little bit how well-developed the relationship was. I, I think Quasi certainly had enough regard for what Harbaugh had done to say, let's at least explore this. It does make you wonder if Harbaugh thought, okay, this guy was – you know, kind of doing research and, and special projects and that sort of thing. When I was in San Francisco, I can come in and my resume is going to speak for itself and I won't have to go through the same process. I can kind of cut the corner, maybe, so to speak, if I come in with a guy that I already know. Apparently, that was not the case. And whether Harbaugh should have perceived that or whether uh, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa let him down to think uh, led him down a different road, led him to think that it was going to go a different way. It's hard to know, but it does make you wonder if the scouting report or the impression that Harbaugh had of the guy he would be interviewing with or potentially working for was uh, not quite the right scouting report to base his uh, preparation on. Yeah. It's, it's, it, that to me is just, it's the, it's the why go there with Harbaugh if you don't kind of have, things sorted out before he gets here i guess i think the, the process how would you, you the, the, I mean, the, how the, would you have it sorted out to to know exactly what he was going to be i mean you're going off an eight-year-old impression I, I guess i guess there's some of that i mean you had an initial talk with him on saturday though right i mean you, you yeah. probably kind of have a sense of that i think the process andrew describes is, is fair you know that they're giving every candidate the same footing i think that's a perfectly good process to go through i just i just wonder if there was a disconnect in how each side was perceiving what was going to go down Wednesday and the Vikings, you know, I, I don't know Wh whatever happened. I'm not, I'm not saying the Vikings are to, to blame for it. I just think it where I see a strangeness develop is just why go down this road in the first place. If someone of someone with that resume, if you're going to ultimately decide, nah, not that guy, it just, it kind of feels like once you get into that dance that you've kind of, you kind of signed up for it, but that, it's, it's their decision. It's just the process yielded some frustration, I think, for the fan base because they got Harbaugh, uh, you know, visions in their eyes, even though O'Connell would have been perfectly fine five days ago. 
But here's here's the thing. If you're going to do that, let's say you get to three o'clock, four o'clock yesterday afternoon. And you're like, man, this isn't I don't know. I don't know that this is the right fit, but he's had all this success. So let's roll with it. I mean, it, it's the, again, that question of what does his resume what does his resume buy him? Does it buy? I'm not sure this is the right match with our new GM. We have all of these questions about how we're going to build our organization going forward. And we're not sure if this is the right fit, but let's do it anyway because of who he's been. I mean, if we do that or if they do that and we're sitting here four or five years later and it's gone badly, what are all of us going to be saying? You didn't go through your process because you thought this guy was going to be so great based on what he had done last time. How could you not vet him more thoroughly? I mean, that's, that would be the the Monday morning quarterbacking that, a lot of people would do if he comes in and it's not a success. So I, I, we don't have the answers to any of these things at the moment. We're not going to know today if they won the hiring process, if they lost it, if it's something in between, it's hard to say, but I, this question of Harbaugh's past versus uh, I think what's being painted is the, the Sean McVay assembly line. I think I saw it written that way in one place. The Sean McVay assembly line has been pretty successful. I mean, including the coach that Sean McVay is going to be competing against in Super Bowl 56. So um, the Sean McVay assembly line probably deserves a little bit of um, not deference, but it's got its own track record to match some of what Harbaugh has done. That's a good segue because I would contend that I, I think I know Joe Burrow's good. I don't know that Zach Taylor's good. And is that fair to, is that fair to uh, it might not be fair to even say, but I think we know that like, if the quarterback is good, if Russell Wilson is good, it doesn't matter if Pete Carroll's a defensive guy. Um, the coaching can certainly elevate, you know, like Aaron Rodgers was good. Yeah. With Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers got stale with Mike McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers has been really, really good with Matt LaFleur. Absolutely. So it can elevate it. It can bring Matthew Stafford from the, you know, as I like to compare the, the, the uh, tunnels under Shawshank or the sewer, the sewer pipes under Shawshank redemption um, to Detroit and, and finally get him to a Super Bowl. But um, I think in general, like the biggest piece has just got to be the quarterback. And so we'll get into all that with Kevin O'Connell and the direction of the Vikings, but um, that McVay coaching tree, undoubtedly from, LaFleur to Zach Taylor to, I think he's now the fourth one, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. Fourth Brandon assistant. Staley is the other. From 36-year-old Sean McVay, which is just incredible. A guy who's never had a losing season and is in his second Super Bowl. Um, I think he's With never two had a Two different quarterbacks. Season. Yeah. Two in his second Super Bowl, just in his, I think, sixth year yeah. leading L.A. Um, so we'll have to see. Goes in that, I mean, Shanahan's not part of the McVay tree, but it's it's part of the the Mike Shanahan tree, the, almost the Gary Kubiak tree in some ways that all of these guys were in that Washington um, coaching staff with Mike and Kyle Shanahan with RG3 and Kirk Cousins. It was incredible that those teams just didn't go anywhere with all the yeah, coaching. kind of is. <laughs> they had the one year in 2012, they had the year where they, they made it to the playoffs and RG3 had the, the run that almost shook FedEx field off of its base because it was so loud in there after the, the big running against the Vikings, and they make it to the playoffs and they're taking the league over with all the zone read stuff. And then he gets hurt and it's never quite the same, but yeah, you're right. It, it really, 
you thought that was going to be Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in terms of the old coach getting rejuvenated with the young quarterback, and it, it never worked out that way. I just think it's nice that Cousins is going to have, even though it's not the same offensive coordinator, he, he's at least going to get an offensive an offensive guy that he had back because he's had all these changes over the years. He finally gets somebody he's familiar with, presuming he's going to be here, which we can get into later too. Yeah, I actually did want to, we should start talking about Kevin O'Connell, the guy who's actually going to coach the Minnesota Vikings here moving forward. And I'm really looking forward to, I hope he gives us some good sound bites because we're going to need him for the podcast. Um, I want to pull up this quote Kirk Cousins had on Kevin O'Connell. Um, this is back from 2019 story from Grant Paulson out in DC. He was doing a story know, Grant very well. when O'Connell was the, um, at the time, the coordinator for the Washington football team, now the Washington Commanders. Uh, which is an interesting choice. Uh, Cousins says about O'Connell, he says, I think he would check all the boxes of a head coach. He relates while the players has command of the room when he speaks in a meeting and most important has mastery of the X's and O's. He's still pretty young, so I'm sure he can benefit from more experience, but it's more of a matter of a when, not an if, in terms of him being a head coach. So Kirk Cousins clearly likes him. We don't know if Kevin O'Connell likes Kirk Cousins at the price that he currently is at as an NFL quarterback. So that, that whole question remains to be seen in what direction the Vikings take and what door they choose to go down. But um, just, I guess, Ben, before we get to the kind of how we got to this point with O'Connell and, and moving forward, what it means, Mike, what were your thoughts of this move? And just because going through all the Harbaugh stuff, I think you represent kind of seeing this the way that a lot of fans did, which is the roller coaster. I think ultimately it's a good hire. What, what, what seems a little unfair to him is kind of the process that, that got them here. Um, but ultimately that probably gets forgotten fairly quickly, especially if you have success or at least are impressive in the things you're doing early. You know, in four months, we might not be talking about Jim Harbaugh at all if people are liking what they're hearing and seeing early on from, from O'Connell. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, like we've kind of joked about, it's, you know, the rule of opposites certainly came into play with this hire. I mean, you had Mike Zimmer, who is what, 65 years old now. Uh, Kevin O'Connell's like almost half his age. Um, offensive side O'Connell of the ball. is younger, I believe, than Adam Zimmer. Yeah. I mean, he's probably only like three years older than Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, he's yes. not that not much older than Kirk Cousins. I mean, so you know, and that's that's the way of coaching, right? I don't have a there's no issue with his age from the offensive side of the ball. Looks like the Rams did a lot of good things this year. Um, he's he fits exactly the profile of what you might have imagined they were going to end up hiring in in the first place when they set out on this search. So, you know, he's an unknown because he's never done this before. But I think you know if you're just talking about profile, if you're talking about what they went into this search wanting to do, um, I think he's a good hire. He is too young to have a son who can become an assistant coach, Ben. He says you. <laughs> he's 36. He's got to be too. He, I would I would think he's too young to have a son I, who's going to become an assistant coach. One would think. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't gotten too deep into his family lineage to know that if he even has he any progeny to put on the coaching staff. But maybe there's like a brother or an uncle or a dad. We could put his dad on. I don't know. I mean, we've seen that before, I think. <laughs> So I'm not going to say that there's going to be no nepotism on this coaching staff, but I think there, there will be at least less from the head coach just based on his age. I'm just speculating. Um, I think Vikings fans are going to be relieved to hear that part of it. They should also be relieved and not disappointed because when Justin Jefferson tweets during the Rams playoff run, how does Cooper cup get that wide open? I think I know a guy who might be able to tell him right now. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a big part of this. We've said it 
that part of what you probably need to do here is make sure that Justin Jefferson is reasonably supportive of what you're going to do. And um, it would, it would be hard, I think, to find somebody that is going to be a better fit than the guy that helped scheme the offense that produced the most prolific receiving year in NFL history for Cooper cup. So uh, yeah, I would think it's going to go a long way towards keeping Justin Jefferson happy. I think it could go a long way toward keeping Kirk cousins here. I think there's a possibility that this means cousins is still your quarterback, at least for the short term. You're the question as you phrase it, Andrew, about does he like him at that price is the operative question. Does he like Kirk cousins at $45 million? Is Kirk Cousins willing to be here at less than $45 million? I think there's a chance of that happening now that there's a coach that Cousins likes, and he does like him. So, um, I mean, there's a lot to be figured out here, but you would think that the uh, offensive pieces they have would mesh very well with the scheme that Kevin O'Connell wants to run uh, we will have to see if we can go so far as to declare that the pieces are in place, but there certainly is enough there to think the transfer is not that hard. I, I got a, a, just a grain of inside information that I will add that Kirk Cousins is still, as of February 2022, not in the charity business. So, and that's that's all I'll yep. say. Yep, I'll that's say true. That. That, that's always been the question. Uh, he's still not in the charity business, meaning that uh, he's still as shrewd of a businessman as there is in the NFL and a guy who's there made a that. lot of a lot of money. And so if that number is going to come down, it's going to be in some way uh, that I think hangs on the Vikings books in some year. It may not be this year, but if if that number is going to come down, it's either going to be via trade or some kind of restructure that adds years, whether they're real years or not. You know how that how that money works. I think that's a, a worthwhile point in the NFL. Um, but with Kevin O'Connell taking over, there's going to be a lot of changes. A lot of assistant coaches are leaving. We've seen Clint Kubiak, Ryan Ficken, and Andrew Janoco already agreed to join other teams. A lot of them have been under contract, but Ben, from what you and I have heard, the Wilfs are letting these guys ask around. You heard about Janoco today joining the Bears. Um, we reported yesterday Clint Kubiak's, I think they announced actually joining the Broncos with Nathaniel Hackett and then Ryan Ficken, the special teams coordinator, is joining the Chargers as their special teams coordinator. So some guys are being allowed to make these lateral moves. Um, I, I think the coaches that are going to stick around are probably going to be pretty few, wouldn't you say, Ben? Yeah, I think that's probably a safe bet. I mean, you're you're basically, if you do the process of who's left, it would be Kennedy Polamalu, who I think has been looking around. Um, Keenan McCardle, the wide receivers coach that will have – the support of Justin Jefferson. I could see him staying. Um, I don't think Brian Periani, the tight ends coach, is back. I, Phil Rauscher will be an interesting question. He, I think, had crossed paths with Kevin O'Connell in Washington uh, with the commanders. I got to get used to saying that. But we'll see if he's back. I think uh, the defensive staff, I would expect, is all gone. I don't think that any – I mean, Carl Scott is already gone. I don't think Adam Zimmer will be here, certainly. Uh, I don't – think Andre Patterson will be here if only because the ties to Zimmer are still awfully close and I could see it, it that affecting whether he's going to be here so that's basically your your staff there's you know guys like Sam Sifkis on the uh with the linebackers and, and Marge Albury 
with the defensive lineman, you know, maybe one of those guys stays. But I think you're probably looking at a, a fairly big change. And especially, you know, one of the big questions I think going forward is, is this still a 4-3 defense? Or could that potentially change into something else, either a hybrid or a 3-4 as a base? I, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to, to keep an eye on as well, especially given the fact that the Rams have have done uh, really probably both of those things at times. Are we going to see something a little more fluid going forward? So, yeah, I would expect most of the coaches are gone. And, and a lot of them, like you said, were under contract. I think almost all of them were under contract. But the Vikings have basically said, hey, we realize this is taking long enough. And especially if we're going to hire a coach that can't start until February 14th, we are going to let you look around. We're going to let you out of contracts because we understand that by the time you will have an idea of whether you're staying on this staff or not. Any other job that you could get is going to be gone. So um, classy move there, I think, from the Vikings to try to do right by their coaches and at least give them a chance to go find other things, even if it's in some cases, I certainly think as you know, coach case was somebody they wanted to keep, but there's no guarantee of that, especially with an offensive coach, a former quarterback coach that may bring in his own people. Uh, I think that a lot of this was, Hey, we're going to, even if it's going to, force us to replace you and when in some cases we don't want to we're gonna um try to do right by you and let you go look around yeah and i think they wanted to keep ryan ficken as well or at least yeah. have him interview with kevin o'connell but it's letting him go you know right after they because um, it was the day after they agreed to hire o'connell you would think o'connell's got his own replacement in mind for yes. special teams coordinator quarterbacks coach whatever it may be uh, Mike, I got to ask you, how much is Sunday's result going to affect how you feel about this hire? Probably not much, but it'd be nice if they didn't lose like 28 to two. Um, you know, you, you would, you hate to see, you know, I, let's be honest. Like, didn't you have a slightly different opinion of Kellen Moore after yeah. what happened in the Cowboys playoff game? I mean, not that the one game should define somebody, but you know, it, it will be, it, it would be better for him, I think, coming in here off of a a Super Bowl win or at least a good offensive showing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I don't think that'll change my opinion a, a whole lot, I wouldn't think. It's Not all offensive guys coming off Super Bowl wins have gone on to great things in Minnesota, at least by uh, recent history. Oh, you thinking of John DeFilippo? I sure am. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what, though? John DeFilippo, who gave Kevin O'Connell his first job in the NFL, by the way. Is that right? Wow. And Coaching by the way, the Vikings could come back. Vikings offense in 2018 wasn't that bad. It was, it no, it was wasn't pretty the good right, the first half of the year. It wasn't the uh, right fit until they told the him to stop, until they told him to stop doing the things that were working. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, uh, it, it makes it difficult. It does. Yeah. John DeFilippo was the assistant quarterbacks coach for the Jets when Kevin O'Connell was a journeyman quarterback way back when yes. the Jets and then hired him onto staff for the Cleveland Browns when Flippo, John DeFilippo was the Browns coordinator in 2015 for Johnny Manziel and a whole host of yes. motley crew of quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Under um, Mike Patton, right? Yeah, yeah, the Mike. We're Pettin all over the there. place here. We got all, <laughs> we got the, all sorts of NFC North. Uh, connections and rabbit trails. It does show you how many of these coaches just end up popping up at different places. And this is going to be Kirk Cousins. If he stays in Minnesota, and I'm just counting his Minnesota tenure, not even going back to all the turnover at Washington, this will be his fifth different play caller in five years in Minnesota, fourth different quarterbacks coach. And as Mike pointed out, at least he knows this play caller, presuming it's Kevin O'Connell. 
Yes, it will be the first time he's had a repeat. And I think, as, as Mike said, he, he's had Kevin O'Connell as his offensive coordinator before. I don't know if O'Connell was calling plays or if that was Jay Gruden. But, uh, yeah, it, he would he's been around long enough to uh, to get him on the rebound. <laughs> Not on the rebound, but, you know, on the way yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. Didn't Kirk have a different guy each of his last three years in Washington, too? So it's like so. year eight for him on that streak. Kirk is sort of like the Kevin Bacon of NFL quarterbacks in the sense. You could do six degrees of Kirk. I mean, seriously, at this point, people who have worked with Kirk Cousins, how many, wait, what percentage of NFL head coaches would say that? You have at least half of the NFC North now. You have one of the coaches in the Super Bowl. You have uh, Kyle Shanahan. So three of the four final teams playing in the NFC have had former Kirk Cousins people on their staff. And and um, Kevin O'Connell gives you another coach in that regard, too. So there, there's there's a long list of uh, – I mean, the, the Kirk Cousins coaching tree is probably as impressive almost as the Sean McVay tree. It's probably the same tree, but it's, uh, yeah, it's it's got many branches. It does, and it's going to have at least one more with Kevin O'Connell. Should Kirk Cousins be here? Well, let's start with the mailbag because that question is one of many we got in this week's mailbag. Ben Olson wants to know, what does Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mensa, what do they do with the quarterback situation? That's the million dollar or $45 million question that everybody wants to know um, because Kevin O'Connell working with Kirk before doesn't necessarily mean, like I said, that he evaluated him super well. I mean, Kirk did fairly well. I think he ranked ninth in touchdown passes that year. Um, I think he was ninth in yards per throw. That offense generally was above average in Washington when Kirk was quarterbacking, no matter who was calling the plays for them. And as we talked about, there were a lot of different play callers. Um, but that doesn't mean that Kevin O'Connell walked away from there thinking, yeah, like that's my guy, long-term franchise guy. And for a quarterback or for a former quarterback who's taking over as a head coach at 36 years old, I would think they're going to be looking for a long-term solution, no matter who that is. And at 33 years old, no matter what you think of Kirk, I don't think that's it. And so this kind of jives a little bit, Ben, with, with what we, another question we got when somebody had asked, does them passing on Harbaugh mean they're open to a rebuild? And I do wonder where Kirk fits in with all that. Cause that is relevant, right? If, if you're yeah. sticking in with Kirk here, you're thinking, no, this team can turn around in 2022 and win. Um, and if you are not, then you were thinking, okay, we are looking more long-term. Is, is that a fair way to phrase it? Ben? Well, yeah, I think so. But the perception that 30, I mean, he'll be 34, I believe in August. I mean, you could get another five years out of him if you liked him that much. And I, I understand everybody cringing as they say that, but Matthew Stafford's in the Super Bowl with this play caller. I would not be stunned if Kevin O'Connell said Matthew Stafford. I mean, I, I probably like Matthew Stafford a little better than Kirk Cousins in the sense that, you know, certainly he's been more mobile. He's been, um, they both have strong arms, but Stafford probably gets a little bit of an advantage there. And I think probably has just been a little bit more, certainly been more clutch probably over the course of his career. Just it's hard to, to parse all of it given the time of the lions, but I don't look at Matthew Stafford and say, 
this guy is Patrick Mahomes or this guy is uh, Aaron Rodgers or, or whoever, you know, you want to put at the very, very top of the list. I would not be stunned if somebody said, if I can get to a Super Bowl and maybe win one with Matthew Stafford, I can do it with Kirk Cousins. Now, the problem with that is you have to have the ability to go get uh, Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. You have all of these pieces. And we've always said this with Cousins. This was the whole premise on which Cousins came to Minnesota was if we have a great roster around him, he may not be able to carry us, but he can win a Super Bowl with everything in place around him. And it's hard to do that with the contract being what it is. But I could see a scenario where if you, if you feel like we can roll with this guy for three or four more years that you that you sign him to another contract and you go forward with whatever cap savings you get and you refigure some things on defense because there are a lot of expensive players on that side of the ball too. I it's a tricky way to do it, I think. I don't think I would rule out that somebody says three or four more years of cousins is possible. I, I don't know that that's going to be completely how they go, but I, I certainly wouldn't rule that out. Be, just because, you know, we see quarterbacks playing until they're 39, 40 years old quite a bit. And I think to bank on Cousins till he's 37, 38 is probably not crazy given his durability. It's also possible that you say, hey, let's just rebuild the thing and start over. I know the Wilfs have kind of been tired of being in limbo with Cousins and paying him as much money as they are to not get playoff wins. But if you had a coach that said, you know what, I believe in this. I believe that this guy can be great in this scheme if we use him the right way and put the pieces around him. I wouldn't rule it out. Mike, what do you think about that? Well, I think it's plausible. I think you're right. I mean, I think that's always been an option. I do. One interesting thing, too, is that the year that they spent together in Washington in 2017 was basically Cousins' lame duck year, right? I mean, basically, yep. they had, had him on the franchise tag for the second was it second straight year yes. that he was on a tag yep and they pretty much knew that that was it for him there and o'connell still got a you know wasn't just him but still got a productive year out of kirk cousins so i think that i think that option three which never really seemed like it was all that likely but option three of they let him play out his contract in one more year is also maybe more on the table now than it was now than it was before. We also don't have much evidence what Quasi thinks about team building and where the quarterback fits in with that. Um, we, we just haven't seen him really have to make these decisions. Cleveland, while he was there, didn't have to make that decision yet with Baker Mayfield. I'm fascinated to see what happens there, although it might seem more obvious now after this year. Um, but we just haven't gotten a chance to see him in that, that chair and kind of at least get that glimpse into how he views it. So He's going to be the guy making that decision now, not Rick Spielman, who's the one that decided to sign Kirk Cousins in 2018. And then again, after that 2019 playoff win. Um, so to answer the question, what do they do? I think only Kevin O'Connell and Quasey can answer that at this point. And at this point, I'm not even too sure that they're telling too many people around the building what they feel like. Because Ben, you and I briefly talked about this before, but I don't think we, you go into a job interview being like, Kirk Cousins is awful. You need to get rid of him because you're talking to the people who just paid millions for him for the last however many years. Yeah, but at the same time, I do think you have to go in and sell them on a plan for what you do at the quarterback position. I think that is, as we talked about, that needed to be part of the, the discussion and part of the evaluation of these candidates is how you're going to approach the quarterback position. So I'm sure it came up. I wouldn't be stunned if he said, hey, in my evaluation of Kirk or in my – 
experience working with Kirk. This is where I think you can win with him. This is where I think it's probably too much. Um, but I, I don't know that you would go in and withhold everything you think or everything you've evaluated of this guy when you've coached him. I, that would be a kind of an odd way to go about it in a job interview. I think if you're in there and they say, hey, you worked with this guy, what do you think? Oh, I don't know. I don't really have any opinion on him. I mean, that, that's not a great way to sell yourself in a job interview either. So um, it is a fine line, though. I get what you're saying in the sense that you've spent $150 million basically on this guy for the last five years. And for somebody to be like, no, you you guys wasted your money. That is a hard sell to make in a job interview as well. But um, I, I would think that he had to have sold them on his plan for that position because it's such an important piece of what they're going to do that – I think it probably had to come up with every candidate and you have to probably have had a, a cogent compelling plan for what you're going to do there. Yes. I would imagine the search committee um, brought that up and, and I just, I, it'd be fascinating to have been a fly on the wall to see how he approached that question. Yeah, yeah um, very much so. <laughs> um, Minnesota North stars, not the official Minnesota North stars account, although I don't think there is one anymore. No, there's not. Thanks Norm. There ever wasn't ever one because it was pretty. No, there could be. Thanks, Norm. Wants to know: Could these be less quality? Could there be less quality assistant coaches now if they can't announce O'Connell until after the Super Bowl? So, in the terms of the process of Kevin O'Connell bringing his staff together, does the question is: Does the process of them having to wait to announce it hinder them at all? And I, I wouldn't think it does because so much of this happens unofficially, verbally, of like texting your buddies, hey, you know that you know are available getting them together. And frankly, before you even start interviewing, you start thinking, who's my staff? Because the Vikings or whoever you interview are going to be asking, okay, who are you bringing in? What's your plan going to be? So I don't know what you think, Ben, or maybe you know more than I do, but I don't think it's going to be much of a, of a hindrance unless he pulls a Josh McDaniels. Yeah. My understanding is that they can start to get coaches in place. I don't know that the Vikings will be announcing those, but my understanding is there's nothing preventing the team from hiring assistant coaches that will be on Kevin O'Connell's staff, even if Kevin O'Connell himself is not on the staff yet, you can do that. You can start to name those coaches or at least agree to terms with those coaches such that it'll leak out inevitably as it always does before Kevin O'Connell's a head coach. I think that we could very much see that happen before he officially takes the job, probably on Valentine's day. I think, um, will be when he, we finally hear him announce as the head coach. But yeah, I, I would expect that we'll start to hear those names. I would expect that it'll give you a sense of kind of where it's going to go. And yeah, I don't, I don't think that'll be a, a wait. I don't think it'll be the kind of thing where they lose out because yes, he'll have people in place that he's already talked to about coming in to work with him. And some of those people may have other offers. So you have to compete with that, but no, I, I wouldn't look at that as uh, it, he's not going to start on day one and say, well, okay, now I got to start putting my assistant coaching staff together. He's got an idea of that already. Um, all right, let's move on. We got a question here from well, that's interesting. Somebody wants to know a fun hypothetical if Spielman stayed on, what would the coaching hire have been? And how would Patrick Royce answer this question? I wonder if they want us to do a Patrick Royce impression. Ah. <laughs> Is that it? That's all impressive. Nah. Well, I mean, we know it, we can't do on a podcast without an explicit rating. Wasn't there a report <laughs> that that Rick is uh, joining Jacksonville and that they want to hire Doug Peterson? So maybe he just would have tried to get the yeah. whole band back. You know, he hired uh, 
John DeFilippo after they lost to him. Now he's going to try and hire Doug Peterson. Rick so, saw Doug Peterson beat his beat Tom Brady in his building, and he wanted to go try to put it all back together. <laughs> that would have been how Pat Rice. <laughs> yeah, Vikings went out to Philadelphia and got whipped so bad that Rick never let it go, and he wanted to bring in Doug Peterson to try to get it all back together. It was just. Uh, you missed the, the last part. <laughs> you missed it. Would have started with some narrative of in 1965, something, something, something. That'd yeah, have way, that'd have been way less exciting than what we have right now, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Doug Peterson, yes, yes, I would, I would say so. Anyway, I don't know what you think then. That Peterson would have been less exciting than the Harbaugh versus O'Connell thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, the, the Harbaugh thing. You could have. Uh, I mean, there's lots of way back when things you could do there too. With uh, the the famous audible with Mike Ditka, oh, in 1992, Jim Harbaugh called an audible at the Metronome, and Ditka lost his mind. Nearly killed him. <laughs> we should just yeah. get Roisy on the show. Yeah, dueling. Yeah. I prefer these fake dueling Roisies. I'd rather have that back <laughs> yeah. and forth. Um, all right, we got another question. Somebody wants to know who among Harrison Smith, Dalvin Cook, Eric Kendricks, and Adam Thielen has realistic trade value. Says he can't see them just cutting everybody, but they need to redistribute their cap space. Um, so if they were to trade anybody, and he proposes out of four people, Dalvin, Harrison, Kendricks, and Thielen. Um, that's interesting. Really interesting question. <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting because I don't know if it comes from that list in terms of who they could trade, but Kirk is the big one, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's the obvious if you're going to clear money. But if, if it's anybody else... I would think maybe somebody like Thielen, but his contract currently is not team friendly for anybody. No, who's not. Anybody think, who's acquiring him. I think Kendricks has the most. The I road. think Kendricks has the most trade value, doesn't he? Even though he's going to be on the wrong side of thirty soon. I mean, he's he seems like he's the best player out of that bunch right now. I don't know Dalvin is Dalvin's high up there, but I don't think running backs have much trade value. So I'm going to answer that with Eric Kendricks. See, I would have said Dalvin Cook if you are a team that values him at that level. And I don't know how many of those teams are out there. That's the question with him is how many teams are going to look at a running back with the amount of mileage he has on him already and say, yeah, that's something we want to pay $12.5 million a year for. But he's still only 26 years old, I believe. And he is still awfully good when he's healthy. I think on a pure when he's healthy talent level it's probably dalvin cook but there's a lot that goes into the question with dalvin cook so i, I would probably say short of that it's probably eric kendricks um he'll, he'll be 30 here at the end of the month slash march 1st because he's a leap day baby so that's right he's uh he's he's technically like five years old so seven seven years old something like that he doesn't have a birthday yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have a birthday until uh, 2024 again. But don't need to get him a cake, nothing. Just no, no, I just skip it. Just say hey, we'll see you again in four years or a couple of years from now. But yeah, I'd probably say him. But he's also probably the piece that you look at and say, this is the guy we want to keep. It's the most friendly contract. He's had his injury issues as well, but he's awfully good when he's in the middle of your lineup. And if if it was something where you said we want to play in a three four, you can get him to play in a three four. I mean, a lot of the way they use him has been similar to that anyway. So um I I would say he maybe is the most tradable, but he's also probably the one I of those four I'd look at and say, 
this is the guy we should keep around for a few more years. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think he is the most tradable and be, that the reason why is because you want to keep him because he's yeah. he's that good. And frankly, that defense can't afford to lose any other just no. talent that's kind of in its prime if they want to compete. If they do move on from somebody like him, that's that's full rebuild. That's that's hop in the tank and put on the helmet. Um <laughs> Uh, we got another question, Mike, you should read the uh, chicken fingers 69 yes. statement. If you have yes, it. we got to read the statement of the week before we get out of here. When are you going to hold Kevin O'Connell accountable? <laughs> this question like all the time with everybody. And I love that we have already gotten the statement about Kevin O'Connell. As soon as he messes up chicken fingers, we will hold him accountable. He hasn't done anything wrong yet that we know of though. We could come if they lose the Super Bowl, we can grill them right away. There you go. What were you thinking? Kevin, What'd you, you do? The, uh, Cooper Cup, two catches for seven yards. What's going on? Kevin, that third down in the in the fourth quarter, you uh had Stafford throw it deep. Was that his first read on that play? Did you did you you only needed four yards? Why'd you have him go deep in that spot? Or were you in four down territory? I mean, we could just start with that. Like, I don't I don't want to hear about your plan for the quarterback position. I don't want to hear about your influences. I want to know what you did on the third down in the fourth quarter and why it cost you the game. We're just going to go right into it. I just want to know, does he too think chickens are a nervous bird? And that's why he won't eat them. I saw that quote dug chicken up about Har- Did you guys not hear this? The Harbaugh quote. Yeah. Tr- yeah, chickens are nervous birds. One. <laughs> yeah. The Harbaugh quote got dug up and thrown around everywhere that he does not eat chickens because quote, they are a nervous bird. And I want him to answer the question. And this would have been the only question at the introductory press conference worthwhile. Of, do you only eat like really confident birds do you only eat eagles do you only eat hawks predatory birds what i I don't get it i don't get it every bird is nervous what are you talking about that's why they exist anyway confident birds i want confident birds in my life (laughs) confident birds i can fly through that glass (laughs) (laughs) football stadium looks really nice and i bet i can get in there this time no bust through that we're gonna get pita we're gonna get pita all over us we're gonna get pita all over us um well, I think you said we're going to get peed all over us. Not that, no. Okay. Um, this this Super Bowl. We do that. It's the other. This Super Bowl, I should mention how wrong I was when I was lamenting that we were going to get Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes again. This is the first Super Bowl ever without a one, two, or three seed. I had read, which is very, very impressive, and I'm looking forward to it. Even though, I kind of like it. I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah, it's weird, but it's it's fine. It's kind of nice. It's kinda, it's different. I'll watch it. It's good. Plus, kind of in on the Bengals thing, and, and like, now the new head coach is yeah. in it, so we got to watch it. Yeah, I mean the the Burrow angle, I think it's interesting. I mean, you have two of the Vikings four finalists in it. You have, um, you know, to kind of be able to project out the Stafford thing. Yeah, it, it's it's unorthodox, but we've had some weird ones in the past. Where you're like, who's excited about this? And it turns into a great game. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for change. I'm all for anything that doesn't continue to have Tom Brady, the New England Patriots. Uh, or just all these quote unquote dynasties in them. Um, Cause yeah, maybe somebody else has a chance for once. Is it going to be Kevin O'Connell in the Los Angeles Rams? We'll see. Uh, we'll be back to talk about all that's uh, to come with the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff coming together and the changes um, coming on this roster as well. So please check out access, access Vikings podcast and star for all of our work.